Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Across the Yards with Patrick B. McCoy. I'm excited to interview today's guest of the Opera Diva series. Janae Bridges, known for her plush voice mezzo-soprano by the New York Times, has been heralded as a rising star by the Los Angeles Times, gracing the world's top stages. Her 2019-2020 operatic engagements in the U.S. this season include her debut at the Metropolitan Opera, singing the role of Nefertiti in Philip Glass's opera, Akhenaten, and her house and role debut at the Washington National Opera, performing Delilah in Seth and Delilah, in which the Washington Post Matthew Guerrero noted the headline draw with American mezzo-soprano Janae Bridges as Delilah, making her Washington National Opera debut. Her instrument and talent were striking. Her singing showed more power than delicacy. Her low notes were great and elemental things seeming to roll through the auditorium. Her high range all sharply milled gun metal. This is a wonderful interview in store for us today on the Opera Diva series, and we're ex- so excited to have Janae with us today. Welcome, Janae. Thank you so Welcome, much Janae. for having me, Patrick. Thank you so much oh, for having me, Oh, thank you so Patrick. much. It is an honor to have you on. Now, I want to first start off by saying you just made your debut as Delilah in Samson, Delilah by Camille Saison, and it continues at the Kennedy Center Opera House. How were you first introduced to this particular operatic role? Well, um, my first introduction to the role was listening to uh, one of my mentors and most acclaimed international um, divas, who I believe you've interviewed, Denise Graves. Um, My first introduction to the role was hearing her sing um, Delilah's last aria in the opera, Mon Coeur Souffre à Savoie, and Mm. I was just completely entranced by her interpretation of it and her voice and her beauty. Um, and I was in I was in an undergrad when I first heard a recording of her singing that aria, and I thought to myself immediately, okay, I have to hear the rest. Well, first of all, I need to know, you know, more about this woman, and I need to hear the rest of this opera um, and see it hopefully one day. <laughs> so that was my first introduction. I think it was a, it was a sophomore in college. Wow. And speaking of college, you're no stranger to D.C. I remember when we first encountered each other, you were a part of the conservatory project. Could you maybe talk about that early experience in Washington singing at the Kennedy Center? Yes, absolutely. I was was a grad student at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia, and Curtis often goes on tour and performs um, in different areas of the world, in different venues, 
And that particular year, uh, I was chosen to participate um, in the conservatory project, and I sang some Ravel um, chamber music. I believe it was the uh, Chasson Madecas. And I sang at the Terrace Theater. That was my introduction to the Kennedy Center. And I will never forget that moment because it was really um, one of my first professional engagements, even though, you know, I was, it was um, under the school. It was one of my first um, performances outside of an institution. And so it was a very special occasion. And uh, I do remember meeting you for the first time there, along with several other um, people that I'm still very much in touch with, Carmen Bothrock um, Mm. of the University of Michigan. And I just remember from that point, singing in D.C., I I felt so much love automatically from the community in Washington, D.C., and Maryland, and Virginia, and um, I I couldn't wait to get back. (laughs) But I I remember (laughs) distinctly feeling that support from the DMV. It was was really um, like no other, and it continues to be that way. It's certainly a unique place. You have a neat Washington connection a little bit beyond that because you're originally from Washington State, and now you have this connection with Washington, <laughs> D.C. And you just, um, earlier when we started off, you mentioned um, D.C. native Denise Graves because, of course, you mentioned yes. that she sang the role, the, the aria Moncur. Um And so you're preparing for another um role that she blazed the path in. Could you maybe talk about your excitement uh, as it pertains to your upcoming debut at the Met in Carmen? <laughs> yes. Um, I, I mean, I am, oh, I'm, I'm just, I don't even really have the words, but I'll try. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, as a young person who is studying whatever field you're studying, but for me, studying classical music and opera, I mean, the dream is to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Um, and for me, the dream is was and is to sing Carmen at the Met. And honestly, I, I didn't think that it would come this soon in my career. Um, so many things are coming very soon, um, very quickly and early in my career, and I just didn't anticipate this. But I, I feel ready. I feel um, you know, prepared and equipped with all the tools that are necessary um, to sing on the big stage. And, you know, for Carmen at the Met, it, it really is kind of the creme de la creme of of roles. And I'm so excited. You know, Denise Graves has been someone that I have, I have admired and I have watched um, throughout the years. And she doesn't even know this, but she has taught me so many lessons <laughs> and inspired me in so many mm. ways. Um, and I recently have be- become acquainted with her, and she's become um, a mentor to me. And I'm just so grateful for her her generosity and her graciousness um, because she doesn't have to, you know, but she, she is definitely um, with me and, and encouraging me and, she sent me beautiful flowers 
for my opening night of Samson and Delilah, oh. and I, I actually wore her, I wore some of her costumes. In in wow. uh, I'm wearing some of her costumes. I know, which it's just like, it's just so surreal, you know. And I feel like I'm channeling her, and I uh, I'm encouraged by her along with so many other others that came before her. Um, so singing Carmen at the Met, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going to go from there because this is this has been my ultimate goal. I mean, I have ideas. I definitely have um, things that I I want to continue to do um, from this point forward. But I just, I'm so excited and I'm spreading the word. I want everybody to be in the house on that opening night and for that run because it is a really special moment in my career. And it's it's kind of, for me, you know, it feels like full circle because I did my undergraduate studies at the Manhattan School of Music in New York. So to come mm-hmm. back uh, ten, 10 years later, uh, a little over 10 years later, and be singing the title role of Carmen at the Met, I mean, it's it's just a test to uh, my hard work and, and also to all of those who have supported me along the way. You know, and it really all started in New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, let's go back a little bit further. Um, I happen to be surfing on the Internet like I typically do, in particular on Facebook, and I ran across this video of you singing at a church. I think it's your church, Bethel AME. And you were singing "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," which is just you know one of the most beloved you know traditional hymns. So I wanted to know: Could you take me back to your early childhood and maybe talk about some of your early musical experiences, whether it was your your family or the church? Talk to me about how you really began to be interested as a young person in in music. Yes. Well, first of all, I have to say I love that you came across that because I, I didn't even know that was out there myself. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you do your research. I love that. Um, my my introduction and my background to music really all started in the church. Um, I sang in the church choir from about four years old, the children's choir, and then I graduated up to the the young people's choir. And, um, you know, church, singing in the church was really my foundation to music. And, in fact, my father, um, Edward Bridges, has sung in his uh, male choir at the church called the Sons of Thunder for about 35 years. So. My my father was always I grew up seeing him in in the um, choir stand singing and he was really my first introduction to uh, hearing music and and being inspired by it uh, and he still to this day sings in that church choir and they 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 tour and they sing really beautifully um, so yeah I started singing in the church choir and then my parents who are still in Washington state when they moved into their, our, our new home, um, the previous owner left a piano there and he said, I'm going to come back and pick it up. Well, three years had passed and I was three years old and I was banging on that piano every day. And the owner came back, the previous owner came back and said, um, I'm ready to pick up my piano. And my parents said, well, 
either you're going to pay us for storing your piano for three years or you're going to keep it because leave it here with us because our daughter has taken a liking to it and she we're putting her in piano lessons and um yeah that, those are those are your options so he ended up um leaving the piano he gave it to us and I started to take piano lessons um I think it was about 4 years old and I actually you know started taking piano lessons privately and with classical music. So classical piano has always been in my background and I and I still play. I'm a bit rusty, but um, I played <laughs> from about four I studied from about four to all the way, you know, to when I graduated high school, so eighteen. Um so classical piano was also a part of my foundation. And um I didn't actually start Studying, I mean, my introduction to classical voice came much later, much later. Um, and that was when I was about a senior in high school, actually. Um, I auditioned for the, for the high school choir because I had an arts elective that I needed to take to, in order to graduate, to, fill my, to uh, fulfill my requirements. So I auditioned for the choir. I got in, and my voice my choir teacher immediately identified a natural gift in me, and she suggested that I start studying classical voice privately. So I did that, and um, I just completely fell in love with this this new form of art. I mean, like I said, I grew up singing in the church, so an AME church, so we did a lot of hymns. We did some gospel too, but mostly, you know, mostly hymns. And you have the old ladies and men singing in this. It was a classical voice that they would sing in, mm. but it was just it, it. It it always was something that I found suited me. I mean, my ear was always engaged in these old hymns, and not having known. And maybe they didn't even know that this was this was our classical, you know, and um, it was something that I think my voice always uh, tended to. I sang gospel, but I my voice I couldn't do the runs, and I just felt like I was trying too hard, <laughs> you know. Mm, but when it came to the right. spirituals and the hymns, my voice just opened up and it blossomed, and it was really just suited. Um, more towards that style of singing. So I didn't actually even equate, uh, you know, European classical music to to hymns because I, I wasn't aware of it. And so when my high school teacher introduced me to um, this classical music, she was like, wow, you, you're, the voice is already there. Let's maybe just take some lessons and see where you can go with it. So I did, and I just, my, my world completely opened up. Wow. So speaking of spirituals, I have a clip of you singing one of my favorite spirituals. I couldn't hear nobody pray. So I'm going to play a little bit of this, and um, people can get a, a, a contrast in, in your style in the spiritual. So I couldn't hear nobody pray. It's me, it's me, oh 
So I believe there was a medley, and I guess I should have listened. So the first part, you know, that's it. Could you maybe talk about, I think it started out with you singing, um, gosh, I just was listening to the, to the, it was a medley, but I, I, I couldn't hear the other voice. Let's see. We'll come back to that. But at any rate, so um, you, you've had oh, a I wonderful opportunity Right, thank you. But the, but the the first part, it sounded like a different spirit. I was then the the gentleman came in after with the medley. So I was trying to um, ah. get the first part. Yeah, let's see. But we'll come back. So so at any rate, so okay. you you <laughs> sing a variety of music. You sing opera. You sing spirituals and hymns. But let's talk about something that just happened. Congratulations on singing at your first NBA game. Can you maybe talk about that experience here in Washington? Yes, absolutely. So yesterday, um, on March 8th, I sang the national anthem at a Wizards game, and they played the, the, the Miami Heat, and it was it was uh, it was a very special moment for me. Um, it was my NBA debut, I like to say, and I just had so much fun, you know, to show this arena what I do um, and introduce them to those who haven't been introduced before to the world of classical voice, um, and the reception was. Magnificent. I mean, they, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect, but they absolutely loved it. And I felt like I represented, <clears throat> excuse me, I represented myself and, and um, classical music well. Um, but it was a special moment for me because, um, as many might know, I, basketball was something hey. that uh, I played. And I actually, I still play. Um, for leisure, but I um, basketball was a big part of my life. I almost went to college to play, um, but there was an unfortunate incident, which in the end caused me to choose, and I, I chose singing, which I think I made the right decision. <laughs> but, at the time, felt, um, <laughs> but at the time, it felt uh, it, it was devastating. But basketball is still very much a part of my life, and the fact that I was able to meld both parts of my world, you know, the sports world and, and, and the music world, There, it was a very exciting moment for me. And um, my brother flew, flew in from Atlanta, and I had some friends there. And it was just, it was, it was so exciting. And, um, you know, to also represent the Washington National Opera um, was a very, a lovely thing, you know. And so hopefully... Um, Hopefully, I attracted some new opera comers and 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 interest. You know, um, we'll see. <laughs> okay, congratulations! Now, well, you spoke just now of your brother. I must say, one of the things that really impressed me was um, following your Washington National Opera debut on on the opening um, afternoon of Samson and Delilah. You had a wonderful reception hosted for you. And the thing that really stood out to me was the support um, of your family, especially your mother. Could you maybe uh, go into a little <laughs> bit more depth about, you know, the, the, the network that you had with your family, how they've supported you over the years? Yes. Well, my network, my village is 
is deep. It is very strong. It's, it's, um, I'm just so grateful. My parents um, have been so incredibly supportive from day one. And I mean, day one of my life, um, <laughs> but, but also day one of my, um, my career, you know, and when they found, when we all found out that I had this voice in me, they didn't, they didn't second guess me. They didn't doubt me, and they didn't say, "Oh, this music thing, you can't do that. Get a real job." They didn't say that. They said, "Well, let's see how far we can go." And so, my family and my village is just so supportive. But it does start with my parents, and especially my my mother. She 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 is. Um, <laughs> I like to say she's the real diva because she has such a great personality and one that is suited for the big stage. Um, but both of my parents, they're so complimentary to each other. Uh, my dad is the rock of the family, and he uh, is just so grounded and supportive and a hardworking man. They have sacrificed so much of themselves for each and every one of their children. And my dad was in the military, so he has Roots all over the world. He, you know, my parents met in Germany. They were stationed in Hawaii, Virginia. I mean, everywhere. And they're originally from the East Coast. My mother is from Baltimore, Maryland. So her roots, hey. our roots here, are very strong. And everybody came out for my opening night. They showed up and showed out. And um, <laughs> my father's from Georgia, from Georgia. So we have roots down there, and um, they just do such a good job of maintaining relationships, and that is something that I've, I've learned watching them and shadowing them um, my whole life. And it's just so important to do that because, as we know, life is short, and mm-hmm. loving on those who are here is, is very important. And for me, I've been given this gift from God. It would just be absurd for me to keep it to myself. So mm. I make it a point to... Um, invite my family and friends whenever I can, and I also make it a point to make it more affordable, you know. Um, I, I try to collaborate with every opera company that I'm at to to help make it affordable and accessible to everybody. Um, so I'm just grateful for my, my support. I mean, I think I had like 100 people come to the opening night of Samson and Delilah and I have an aunt, my Aunt Mary here. I have several aunts and uncles here, but my Aunt Mary here is um, uh, very much affiliated um, in D.C. and Maryland, and she spread the news at her church, Alfred Street, and and everywhere. And um, I'm just grateful, you know. I, I have my, my support system is extremely strong and uh I, I'm grateful, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm very grateful, but it really does start with my parents, you know. And Thank my you. Also, hey, speaking. I mean, my brother came mm-hmm. to the game. They, they, they fly out whenever they can. And I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have jealous siblings because that's actually a thing, <laughs> you know, when someone um, gets, gets out accolades, it's not always the case that you have supportive siblings. So I'm grateful for their support. Thank you. And speaking of, of, of support and village, you also have a great village in terms of your colleagues. And even though I didn't mention this prior, it's something that I, I noticed that uh, you had the opportunity to 
to sing on a very special concert that was kind of put together and curated by tenor Lawrence Brownlee. Um, it was called Giving Voice. What is it yes. like to be able to collaborate with such talented singers on one program like that? <laughs> well, oh my gosh, it's kind of it, it's kind of surreal because Lawrence Brownlee is a good friend of mine, but he was one of the first voices that I ever heard at the Metropolitan Opera, and the first black voices and. I used to just look up on that stage and say, oh, my gosh, this man is just unreal, unstoppable, untouchable. And the fact that he now calls me and says, hey, Janae, what are you doing on January 19th? Do you want to come to Houston and be on a concert? And I was like, oh, my gosh, absolutely. I will drop everything <laughs> to do this. So oh, wow. it, it, it's, it's just so incredibly inspiring to be able to – um, sing with such dynamic voices, voices that um, are so engaging and, and influential all over the world, but most importantly, that, that inspire me and um, people that I can call friends, you know. And then this business, it's a, it's a tough business, I will say that. And to support your fellow brothers and sisters is something that I, I'm i very strong about, you know, and I, I really believe that there is a place for everybody. What is for you mm. is for you. And Lawrence Brownlee and, um, and um, Reginald Smith and Russell Thomas, Nicole Houston, they all share that same sentiment. And, um, you know, it's easy to have the mindset that, to, to become jealous, you know, essentially, and mm-hmm. to think, oh, that, that I should have had that role. I sing, I sing this better. I act this better. I look this better. That is such a toxic, um, a toxic way to think. Because if that is how one thinks, that they'll always be angry. Because um, mm-hmm. this this business competitive, but it's also. You know, you can't control the things that are happening. All we can control is ourselves. And all we can do is be prepared, take our voice lessons, our language lessons, um, and just be ready, you know. And for me, I am grateful because I feel like I've put in the work um, and I'm I'm being rewarded for it. But it it didn't necessarily, and it doesn't have to be that way because if I'm not ready – then none of this would be the, would be happening, you know. So, um, yeah, I always encourage uh, people to to not hate, you know. It, it's and for me, like I've definitely gone through some phases where I'm like, well, especially when I was younger, it's just like, well, why didn't I get that? You know, I I deserve that. But even though you might deserve something, it. it it just might not be what they're looking for, and that's okay. Um, right. So that's something that I, um, especially for um, the black community, I, I strongly just encourage us to keep each other lifted, you know, because um, they're, they're, we're all striving for the same thing. And um, I just feel, I truly feel that if one of us is um, raced, 
with an engagement, it's it's a win, you know, for all of us. <laughs> thank you. Well, Janae, thank you so much for, for joining us on the Opera Diva Series. And as we wrap up, I just want to mention that you're about to do a master class at Howard University on Thursday, and that would be a wonderful way to see students, you know, being prepared as, as they pursue uh, careers in classical music and just uh, – the path to being a professional musician. So, Janae, again, thank you so much for joining us on the Opera Diva series. And as you um, you're in the leave, I just want to share with the audience the fact that Janae will continue to sing the role of Delilah at the, the Kennedy Center, which runs through March 21st. And if you want tickets, visit uh, kennedy-center.org. Again, Janae, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the host of Across the Arts, and you've been listening to the Opera Diva series on Blog Talk Radio. Again, I interviewed the acclaimed mezzo-soprano, Janae Bridges, who is currently singing the role of Delilah in Samson and Delilah by Camille Saint-Saëns with the Washington National Opera. Again, I am your host, and have a great day.